How far did you uh, did you actually play to in uh, Metal Gear Solid Five? Um, gosh, not very far. Did not you play? Very far? It? Yeah, I played it some last night. So, because the the thing that I got through Humble Bundle came with like Ground Zeroes and Metal Gear Solid Five. It's, it's the you definitive actual, edition. You played actual Metal Gear Solid Five, then you didn't play Ground Zeroes. Well, you have you to. Ground, Ground Zeroes is first. Yeah. So it's like. I don't. Didn't that release like weren't people kind of upset about that release? I can't remember. They were only upset because it's it's like a couple hour long thing, and uh, they charged like forty bucks I think for it um, when it originally came out. Don't quote me, but it was something like that where they charged uh, a good amount of price, and it's it's almost like a it's just basically the, a demo. I mean, the story does go from there to. Uh, yeah, but Metal it was Gear like Solid a single 5. mission. I finished it in in an hour or two. Yeah, exactly. But they charged like forty bucks. Really? I think, when it originally came out. Um, I, I would have been upset about I w- that. I've never been a Metal Gear fan, so I remember like seeing Ground Zeroes. It was like Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes or Five Ground Zeroes and Metal Gear Solid Metal Gear Solid Five, and I was always confused at what that was all about. It didn't make sense, but yeah, they they released it before the game, the real game, and it's basically the same thing. It just is like one mission for like an hour or something. They charge like forty bucks or something for it. Yeah, no, that that's that's crazy. But anyway, so you played? Did you, play, did you go through that? And yeah, play the so I, game? I I played through that. And then I started the actual, uh, so it ends, and if this is an old game now, so if this is right at the beginning, so it's not really spoiling, but at the end of Ground Zeroes, you get, you know, you, you basically, a bomb goes off that was in this girl, and you get all messed up, and the, the end credit scene, basically, of that, you're, you're, in a, you're in a hospital waking up from a coma after nine years. And that's where uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain, begins, mm-hmm. and I knew that that the Middle Gear franchise was known for like really long cutscenes, like that was really so long, long. cutscenes. But man, that mission in the in the hospital is basically one really long cutscene. It's like you so get confusing. you get control for thirty seconds, and it's like cutscene thirty seconds. It's very well done. It looks oh, cool. it's awesome! But because uh, I was playing it pretty late last night, Elisa was was asleep on the couch. She wakes up and she's like, "How long have you been playing?" I'm like. Well, it's been probably like four hours in Phantom Pain, but I, I've only played it for like two because the other two was all cutscenes. Very, very long. But very cutscene. well done cutscenes. They're it's super cool. fun to the, watch. I, th- I think they'd be much more interesting if we were into the franchise. You know, people that have played all the other ones are like, they know where this kind of sets in the timeline and stuff, you know? But I was just super confused. Or like why two people had Kiefer Sutherland's voice because that's the voice of Snake in this. Right. You know? And and like there's solid snake and then there's there's something else snake and I just have no clue about it. So it's, it's a very, super complicated universe yeah, and, and I haven't played confusing. any of the other games either. But, but, so we can't really judge on that. But uh, I'm not. Yeah, I know it's an old game. But what do you just think of playing it then? So once you actually can play the game, right? Which you, I've enjoyed the cutscenes. Like I've actually enjoyed it so far. And I'm still what I I'm pretty sure I'm still in like the. Uh, tutorial phase of the game because they're they're loading up different mechanics as i play through through missions but i'm mm-hmm. actually at the point where i'm kind of you can free roam through uh afghanistan and i've played a couple of missions in the gameplay itself so far i really like it the stealth is cool the stealth is cool i am not huge on stealth i kind of like just going at things but it reminds me very much at least the missions that i've played uh mechanically of like taking out uh forts in in uh far cry in far cry and I really like that, especially when you got to the point in Far Cry where you could mark enemies and they'd stay marked. You have that right at, right at the get-go with Metal Gear. And that that I really like. It's kind of like you scout the whole thing, find all the enemies. And the balloon thing is just the funnest. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's obviously that's super memed and people, you know, really just kind of across the board like that. But man, the the effects that it makes, you just see him float up. And like a few seconds later, you share him screams and get shot off into the sky. Well, at first, I was thinking, so satisfying. I, I was curious if other people, I was scared to do it because I didn't know if other people could hear it. They can. They can? Yeah. I've if they're, if they're, to things and if they're, they can see it. I had one because I know I was super hidden and I did it just to try it. And you got the little exclamation mark on somebody's oh. head. But the, the thing I like about it in very early, but the stealth part of it, it doesn't seem they're they're having a couple times where it kind of seems like this, but it seems less like everybody just automatically knows where you are. They know a general vicinity where you probably are because they communicate with each other through radio, and most of the time you can actually hear them doing that communication, which is which is cool and I think pretty awesome. But it's not. It doesn't feel like oh I got found by one person now literally everybody in this compound knows my exact position even after I move. It doesn't feel like that. It's not one of those, oh, I got found once, now I'm found forever. You can sneak away, hide, everybody resets. But even in, in some other games that do that, you like hide in a trash can or you hide in, in some bin and you, there's like 10 enemies standing in front of you because they all knew where you were and then they all walk away eventually. This doesn't feel that way, which I, I like. I think, I think it's it was, better done stealth. I think but. it plays really well and I didn't give it enough of a shot because I was kind of in a slump and I just wanted a game to play and it just wasn't feeling it the reason i quit playing it and i might go back to it is um it's like super repetitive um because the one part that there's in the first area in afghanistan or whatever there's this like one compound you go to for a mission and you do it and it takes you a long time if you're trying to do it you know trying to do it well and not get caught and stuff so you spend like an hour doing this thing or whatever um and you complete it and you're like awesome and you leave and then the next mission they wanted you to do is like the same thing is the exact same place. So then you just turn right around and everybody's back there again, like respond. And then you have to do something almost very similar at the exact See, same time. That didn't compound. happen to me. It will. Uh, even like little things. So sometimes if you like exploring and I'm sure, I'm sure some people will say this doesn't happen very often, but if like you like exploring and say you're just doing those little outposts or those little posts, outposts or whatever, um, you're going to have to play those as missions multiple times for different types of missions also. So you're going to go back and do the exact same ones over and over and over again. So if you like, if you just like the, just the gameplay of it and you like going back to the same places and redoing them, but like differently, See, then that's it, fine. Isn't but. it a pretty big game that you, you like go to other areas besides just that, right? Yeah. There's like a forest area and, and something. Yeah. Else. So that I'm excited for, uh, I, I just got to the point where they started to reveal the base building mechanics where you can mother build base. a mother base. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. So I, I, when they first started to show, cause I, I don't, I didn't know anything about the, the actual game going in. I don't think I've really even watched many trailers. And when they're like, oh, you have to build up an army and you try to, you know, research and development and all this. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy that. So far I actually have. I think that's, if you read what people talk about and stuff, I think most people say that's their favorite part is, is the base, the yeah, so I thought it was pretty cool. So I, I went back to Mother Base and you walk around and every time you walk by one of your guys, they say, they say, hey, boss, and you get a little message. It says uh, morale improved. And I was like, I thought that's really cool. And then I saved a puppy. Did you save the puppy? Yeah, I think you have to. I don't know. It, I think it, you have to because everyone gets that dog. So I think. That okay. was the cutest little scene ever when you get back to, to Mother Base and the puppy runs up to you and is like giving him kisses. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I love that. That made yeah. me really happy. It, it was it's fine. I don't care about dogs that much. But the uh I do. I'm a the big one thing dog that person. I was kind of upset is 
and I like I said, I'm not a Metal Gear fan, but um, everyone kind of knows knows the voice of of Snake. Uh, and then they got rid of that, of course, uh, got rid of him and Kiefer Sutherland was doing the voice. Um, but it's almost like they didn't have him very long to record stuff or something. And that's a lot of people's complaints, too, is he Snake barely ever talks. I have noticed that a little bit in the beginning, but there are times that he he does. He does. But it's very like cutscene while like when he's on the airplane going back there from other. Yeah, I kept talks waiting sometimes. for him to talk. But a lot of times, times he just stuff doesn't. And he won't. Yeah, it's just and it's almost like they just didn't have enough. Like I don't know what it is if it was money or time or whatnot, but they just didn't have him talk for very long. So a lot of times he'll be having conversations and and uh, you're like, he just kind of stands there. Like you're gonna say something? There. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. But I'm sure it's really cool. I just, it kind of, it just wasn't, there was other games I'd rather play than, so I'd be curious to see if you keep continuing to play it and enjoy it or not. I want to play it at least a decent amount and just get, get a good feel for it. It, it seems fun so far. I like a lot of the, the gameplay loop that it, that it sets out to create at least. So a lot of people, I was watching something too, where a lot of people don't go back to old games. There was something where there, there was a discussion where, um, do you just keep playing new, new games? And there's so many new games that that should be the ones to draw your attention. Or do you keep a catalog of like, oh, I, people have talked to me about this game from four years ago. I want to go back there and then I'll, I'll, you know, if I find time, I'll go back and play it. If there's an like, old- does it matter to you if they're older? Uh, it only matters if they're at a certain age. Because there, there was a time period there during like the PS2 era where they're trying to do realistic graphics and it's just too hard to play at this point or it's just mechanically feels bad. Yeah. Other than that, no. Like, as far as I'm concerned, Metal Gear Solid came out last year. I mean, it's much older than that, actually. I didn't realize how old it was. It doesn't bother me. I have no problem playing older games. I think most of the games that I do play usually are older because I'll pick them up on a Steam sale or I'll pick them up through Humble Bundle or something along those lines. And it's like... I don't really have time to play all the new games all the time and or the money. So I'd rather just play what I want to play when I want to play it. Uh, there is something cool about playing the new games just because there's hype. And if you're online or whatever, there's like uh, conversations about it and stuff. So that's cool. But yeah, I totally don't mind. I have a whole backlog of games that I want to go back to and play. Or, you know, I even bought a bunch of old which I still haven't done it, like old uh, JRPGs like Chrono Trigger because everyone talks about Chrono Trigger forever and I wanted to actually experience it and and some of the older Final Fantasies like 6 and um, and some stuff like that. So I bought a bunch of that and I went back and played like Super Metroid because um, I never I never actually played Super Metroid and everyone talks about that and uh, stuff like that. So I don't mind it. And I think anything anything 360, like that, newer the, is seventh, probably the fun. seventh generation, so like PS3 yeah. and 360, um, I can play pretty much any of those, even though some of them are getting outdated, but even things like, uh, anything's Bioshock or what, what even came that, out in I mean, 2007. Even for and, for and, me and, outside of Bioshock one, that's, that's a horrible example for, for the point that I'm going to make. But most of those games, it did come to PC except for the few exclusives and they're, they're always just going to inherently look better yeah, on that. And especially with the hardware that we have now versus when they came out, we can really try to improve them. So it's even easier for me to go back and play some of those older games because mm-hmm. they are they look better than they did on console at release. So if they don't feel as old, actually, except, I think that's a really for, cool except for games, aspect of it. Except for games that are are the PS2, PS1, PS2, Xbox era. Um, I mean, there are some even PS2 if you games, up, even if you up res them, unless yeah. they're unless they are a certain type of art style. Yeah, they're unless, not unless work. they're they're you know stylistic like. Uh, 
uh, Okami or uh, Kingdom Hearts or well, Kingdom like Hearts that. is is a well, Kingdom fine. Hearts two in particular is a fantastic example of one that if you emulate on PC, you can make it look actually genuinely really good. Even even uh, the the re releases on PS4 of them look really good. The only things they're kind of noticeable is the first Kingdom Hearts, which I thought was a problem even when it first. When they first made it, is Sora's mouth doesn't move a lot of the times, like just sitting there. Yeah, they definitely have and, some. And a lot like of the that. characters. Looked, yeah, they a lot kinda, of the characters. Unless do that. it was, yeah. So that kind of stuff is more noticeable. But yeah, PS2 and stuff's kind of hard. Going back to like playing Battlefront two or stuff like that. Like it's. Possible. I tried that. I, I have Battlefront two on PC. That's I have hard. It on PC too. That's hard to play. Yeah, it's 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 that. There's a lot of things that have changed. But the first I've, Halo is hard to play. Oh, you think so? It's a little it's hard. hard to play. I I can still play it because I just love Halo. But it's the first Halo, if if you aren't playing, obviously, the, the remaster, it just, you can tell it's an old PC game. It's an old game in general. I never really felt, the see, games that, games that you play when they originally come out, I think will forever be much easier to play after the fact. Yeah, because you have some level of nostalgia for yeah. it. And you remember how it made you feel, so of course it's going to be a bit easier. Plus, you're just you're familiar with it, so to you, it's not as big a deal. Like going back and playing Pokemon Red or Blue. Oh, it doesn't bother me at all. Like it's not as good because you've played stuff, but I could play the whole game and, and still enjoy it. Because, but if you go back and play something. Something like uh, uh, the regular Nintendo games. Like I've been trying to play the original Legend of Zelda on my Switch. Is it tougher? Uh, it's still good, but I think it's it's tougher to enjoy just because of how old it is and because I never experienced it in, in when it first came out or whatever, you know? Because <clears throat> so, but yeah, 360 for sure. I can go back and play pretty much any of those games, and I don't mind going back and playing them. There, there's so many good games that come out that that draw people's attention that you're gonna miss out on on like series that you whatever and stuff that still deserve to be experienced I think so when there's nothing else new games or whatever then but especially when the when all the new games are something that you're not interested in you know like a lot of the new games that are coming out right now outside of the exclusives which I can't play cuz I don't have consoles there really isn't anything that exciting that's coming out uh I guess because I mean I think there's been a, a lot of Exciting games because the most exciting games recently have been PS4 exclusives: God of War, Spider Man. I think I think this year, yeah, especially right now, I think the biggest ones PS are PS4 games and Switch games. Because I mean, getting to play uh, Let's Go uh, Pikachu and uh, next Friday uh, the seventh, uh, Smash Bros comes out Ultimate. So Super Smash Bros. That's the greatest game, you know, so good. So Smash Bros. That. Red Dead Redemption 2, which came out not on PC yet, and God of War and Spider-Man and all these games. So for me, there have been a lot of really cool, exciting games, for, but for PC, not really, I guess. For PC, not too much. There's been a lot of exciting things that are happening. I mean, we've obviously had, uh, you know, the big Warframe expansion, uh, a new league is starting in Path of Exile uh, on the 7th, too, actually, which is bad timing if you think about it. Uh, uh what else? I, there's something. What else actual that I was games? I mean, there's still people playing Call of Duty and Battlefield, and people yeah, still playing Fallout. I guess Battlefield obviously didn't. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's. A lot of people must be playing. Well, a lot of people start playing Fortnite and PUBG and stuff. And yeah, when it, the largest player bases that you see on PC are, are long-term games. I think. I mean, you know, games like Fortnite, uh, CS:GO, League of Legends, Dota. And then, and then, to a, to a lesser degree, I mean, Warframe's always in the top ten of uh, most played Steam games. It's interesting. You don't so. you don't hear about Warframe a whole lot 
like I know that you really like it and it seems to play really well and it's getting more exposure, but you just don't hear about it. No, it's as always much as- flown under the radar. Uh, even though, cause even though it's been relatively since launch consistently in the top 10 of, uh, consistent players on steam, it's always kind of flown under the radar. I think, uh, there are a few moments that the devs point to as, uh, jumps in popularity. One of them being, uh, the video that total biscuit did back in the day. Uh, they really, really kind of shone a light on it. Uh, I think it did suffer just from the general negativity from gamers for the free to play model because they were one of the first ones to do it pretty well. Yeah, it was a it was a PS4. Uh, it it released with the PS4. Yes, it did. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it it's. I think well, it's even me. More that's, that's one of the now. reasons I didn't even. I mean, I didn't even realize it was on PS4 or anything this whole time, and. Um, I, I I think there's a big stigma still about free to play games, which it's way less now. It's in, way in less 2018, now. 2019. And it's even way when less I see a game that's like this is coming out and it's free to play, I I still wince. Yeah, I feel like, better so, about it now. I mean, like I said, with the games you like to play, plus games like Fortnite and and all there's these other still, ones. There's still the gems though. Like Fortnite is is a bit different because it is a. Uh, Strictly a multiplayer shooter, essentially. But still, I mean, I know, but it's that's still different than something like Warframe or Path that are full, complete. Even though you can play it with multiple people, they're they're full and complete, you know, single player experiences at the end of the day, and that's much harder, in my opinion, to pull off because that that takes a lot more resources than here's a map, everybody gets on it. Our real only cost is server, and then the creation of cosmetics that we're going to make a bunch of money on. It is. I mean, they still have a lot of stuff. It's going still on more rare to find a game like, and they and they still at the end of the day, they a lot of them have to have at least some form of uh, tile set type generation of environments for them to work really effectively because you have to be able to develop a lot of content quickly and relatively easily on the developer side of it to really mm-hmm. make it worthwhile, and that that's why you don't see a lot of good uh, like either story-driven, single-player, or just like RPG-type free-to-play games that don't have pretty heavy-handed money grabs. True. Even like uh, Torchlight 2 Frontiers is in development right now, and it's it's an ARPG Diablo-style game. I think the original Torchlight... What is, what is ARPG? Action RPG. Oh, So I've it's a top-down isometric yeah, ARPG. Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, I think the original Torchlight, if I remember correctly, had some of the alumni from... Uh, from the the original Diablo team on it, and it didn't it didn't do that great. It launched at the same time as Diablo three, and Diablo three obviously won out even with its with its uh, poor launch. Torchlight was better uh, <clears throat> better at first, and then it kind of lost out. So Torchlight two is going to be a free to play game, and they they did a, a big press release I think uh, three or four weeks ago, and they would say some things that are like they give you hope. And then they'd kind of say something that would go against that and make you feel like, okay, maybe this will be a little pay to win. Maybe this will have some elements that it's like, if you don't put money into it, you won't be able to access certain things. Uh, and that just leaves a, a bad taste in gamers mouth. Now they, I don't know if the game's going to release that way. They said they were perfectly open to, uh, to critique and they, that's why they were doing this so early in development. Uh, Cause it's a, it's in beta. I believe some people can play it. And, but it's still, when you hear it's going to be free-to-play, you always wonder how, is it going to be bad free-to-play or is it going to be good free-to-play? Because I think if you build a game that is genuinely good and people want to play it, 
they will buy cosmetics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. And they'll want to support your game. And I think there are some ways that you can say, hey, you know, if you want to have a slightly easier experience, give us a little bit of money. We'll give you a slightly easier experience in terms of, uh, I think, stash tabs and Path of Exile is a fantastic example. Because uh, you really genuinely never need to buy any if you don't want to, like, if you aren't going to be a hardcore player. And if you're going to be a hardcore player, you probably want to give them some money anyways because you're having so much fun with the game. That's how I felt. So I think there's good ways to do free-to-play and there's bad ways to do free-to-play. It's just with anything, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, with just games in general. But uh, it just it has to make a good game to begin with to start with. But, you know, it would be hard to... I was thinking about this the other day. It would be with how uh, how gamers are so uh, vocal. It would be very difficult. I think that's why there are a lot of... A lot of uh, companies have trouble creating a model in which it doesn't upset gamers, but still lets them make enough money because they have to make money. I mean, that's the only way this industry works. And games but are getting much you, more expensive to make. If you had to think about make. it, oh yeah. So I, I'm totally fine with microtransactions. Totally fine with them. Me too. As long as they're not super abrasive. But I was thinking the other day because we own a business, and uh, it, it it would be very difficult to know what how to set up the model. You know, like it seems easy from this point, like, oh, do what these guys are doing. But it depends on how every game's set up too, you know? Um, or like right now everyone's talking about Red Dead Online and how it takes so long to make like figuring out how how long someone should be able how long it should take someone to make X amount of money, because you don't want them to be so fast that they never spend um, money on microtransactions, but you wanted enough where if someone puts in the effort, it's not too too well, grindy. See, so like, there's like such a no, balance see, there. That see, difficult. I don't, I don't, I think that's, I think even asking that question means that you're you're asking the wrong question because I think instead of how do we sell people in-game currency, I don't think is the right question. You just think there should be no in-game currency. In that you most buy? cases, I I think that's correct. I think it should be non-gameplay changing things that you sell as a microtransaction. You know, if you, I would much rather them take in Red Dead Online and take it and make it to where you can't really buy anything that makes your character look that cool unless you spend a ton of time. I'd rather it be like, if you want to look as cool as like the people who are paying money into the game, then you grind your ass off and you can. But if you want to look awesome while you're doing all your cowboy stuff or you want your horse to look better however they decided to do it, I think that's a better place for microtransactions. Now, I think if you want to have an in-game uh, premium currency, I think that Digital Extremes with Warframe has done a decent job at that because they took, you can buy platinum for real-world money, but you can also trade it to other players. So instead of platinum, you can, and they, there are plenty of people that actually do this. It's not one of those, you can, in quotation marks, do this. You can very easily play through the game, you get enough free things, and you can you can farm for certain items and just enjoy the gameplay loop of what that type of game even wants you to do. And then you can sell those items quite easily to other players for the in-game premium currency to buy things that you can only get with that currency. It never feels super gated off. Uh, there's been plenty of times where even, even myself where I've wanted, you know, I really want that. I don't want to put money into this right now. And I've been able to sell items to other players for that in-game premium currency. 
and that works. It works. It's functional. I would still prefer it to not have that element at all and just focus on cosmetics and, you know, ship decorations are a big thing in Warframe. Everybody wants their inside of their ship to look awesome. And then that gave, gave the developers incentive to allow other players to visit your ship. So now that's a thing, which wasn't always there. So now you have even more incentive to want to make your ship look cool if you want to like impress people that come over to your ship. So then it's like, maybe you'll spend a little bit of money on, on cosmetics there, but it never affects the gameplay. And I think that's, that's the important thing. If you feel if, if, if I six months down the road decide, okay, cool, I'm going to play Red Dead Online and I'm so far behind and the only way for me to get up to them after I just bought, let's say it's six months of the game's $40 now. I spent $40, but really the only way to, for me to catch up to the to the average median level players for me to put another $60 into this. That doesn't feel I, great. I don't know how I don't know how Red Dead works exactly because I know the only thing you really buy with currency be it money or gold. Well, my, you can get money and then gold's the currency that uh, you can buy with microtransactions. You can also gain you can also get gold also, but um, from what I understand, and I could be wrong, it's it's very slow and tedious to try yeah, to get slow. any amount well, of gold. Yeah, it is. And that, that's that's what I would talk about because I don't mind them being another currency that you can use real world money for because technically the only things you buy in Red Dead are guns, upgrade for guns, and, and outfits and stuff for your horse and stuff, right? So it's all that kind of stuff anyways. So... I just think there's a balance. I have no problem with them having that. But if it takes, if it takes, you know, say 20 hours of grinding to get the same thing that costs you like $2 or $5 yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the disparity is too I great. I think that's too much. Yeah. yeah. So I don't mind them having it. I just think uh, as a developer and a publisher and all that, I think finding that balance where you're not pissing off pissing off the community but you're still making money i think that's hard see where where i or think it would be hard. why are we burping so much oh my god well it's that's you are man. too right yeah i keep seeing you you go off so uh i think i think where it really bothers me is when you when it's a game that you have to pay for already and then they have in-game premium currency I think that I think just and maybe that's a principled thing. Maybe it's really not that big of a deal and 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 it's a bit of an overreaction on my part. It's totally possible. But when you when you take a game like I'm gonna use it again, it, it, Warframe, they have an in-game currency uh premium in-game currency that I think functions fairly well and the game is free. So I'm even more apt to let it slide than a game if I just spent forty to sixty dollars on it and which granted Red Dead redemption too you're getting an entire fantastic single player experience and then this added element that's which why is, it doesn't bother me yeah so that is that is far less of a uh 60 bucks for the game that you got already the single player is more that it's more than worth is it is more the, the, yeah so i i guess i can so let that, that slide i don't care if the game was made if the old if you were buying 60 if you're paying 60 dollars for red dead online then it would be and that was a, the then only it would be thing you got um, then I, then More of a I, it would be, it would be actual problem. I have no problem because I enjoyed the, and the online thing, if they could just find a balance better where you felt that, Hey, going out here and doing all these missions and, and, and all this stuff and hunting and all this actually gained you some amount of money where you felt it wasn't impossible or it didn't feel like you had to spend your life. You don't want to be, you don't want to feel hamstrung into, I have to pay money on this. Yeah, otherwise then, I then don't enjoy myself. Fun. But if you've been doing all this stuff and you're like, man, I'm, I'm really close, but I would like to buy that. You know, it's like, oh, I'm just going to pay real world money. That's fine because that's that's your ability. If if 
it's not ridiculous to just do it in game also. And I think that's the fine line you have to try to find. And I think even with this beta, I'm pretty sure they'll probably change a little bit. It probably won't fix entirely, but see, I still think that they would, they would, they probably wouldn't do as good from a financial standpoint, but it may balance out. Let, let's say, I mean, look at, uh, I think league league of legends is, is a good example of this. Actually, there's, you can buy, which this part of it I don't necessarily agree with, but you can buy straight up champions from the, you know, which are just your characters, which are your characters that you play. But then they do such good cosmetics that they sell like hotcakes. And, and back to Warframe, there's a reason why they call the end game a Warframe fashion frame, right? Those are in game cosmetics and they sell like hotcakes. Then you have uh, same thing in Path of Exile. The cosmetics are outside of stash tabs, the only thing that they sell. So they make these amazing cosmetics that people love, not just for the character, but for the skills too. They change the way they look and the way that they they interact uh, uh, visually with, with different things. And it's like, to me, that just makes so much more sense because it's, so it, it's so much less obtrusive onto the player to be like, hey, do you want to just look different? Here, you can buy this. And then you can look different. Do you want to show off a little bit when you go to these these areas where there's a bunch of other players standing around? You can buy this. If you don't want to do that because you don't really care about that, you just want to enjoy the game, go for it. Enjoy the game. See, that, that's the hard part about Red Dead Online because, yes, you're not outright buying the clothing and stuff. You have, you're buying money to then buy the clothing. But I don't see how that's a whole lot different. You're just taking one extra step. Because the only things you really buy, like I said, you buy stuff to build your camp up. You buy stuff for your horse, cosmetics for your character, stuff to upgrade your gun but you i mean it's not like that makes it makes you op or overpowered or anything like you can use just whatever guns you find or start with and they'll they're not you know it's not like drastic change there it's not like you were saying earlier like oh i feel like i have to spend this much money five months down the road to be at the same level other people and it's probably not that big of a and, deal and maybe and, people are, are over exaggerating well, I, I think the it issue. does take too long to make money right now if they it if does they, okay. yeah it does so I think, yes, that's a problem. I don't think they have the balance right there, but I don't mind it being in, I don't mind them having a currency in which you still buy stuff because there's just an extra step there, but it's pretty much the same thing. Um, and Red Dead Online is not just, oh, here you make your character and you're just, you're out, do whatever you want. There's still story missions. Like there's still a story that goes along yeah, with no, it. Yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're getting, you're getting actual story missions. You're getting, uh, you know, actual cutscenes with characters from like the first Red Dead Redemption that we weren't even in this, in the second game and characters from Red Dead 2. So you're getting a whole other story. You could just play along with friends and stuff, build your own camp, all that. So yeah, from what I, from the, from the few little things I did see. It seems like people were having fun with it. It's fun. It's really cool. So actually. I mean, I'm ex I'm definitely excited for it. I mean, GTA Online has lasted a a considerable amount of time. So maybe this will too, and it'll be a good thing. And maybe it's a way for developers to to make the money they, they made need to so make. So much money on GTA Online, which is fine because you know what? And I was thinking about this uh, uh, earlier today too. I think is is really cool is that. They made a ton of money on just GTA Five to begin with, right? Just right. just the regular. It sold game. like crazy. Uh, of course, what is it like the second highest selling game of all time or something below Tetris? Yeah, or something? it's something crazy. I don't know. It's 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 a lot. But they already made so much money off of the game, um, but they continued to make tons of money off of GTA Online. But I, I like that Rockstar said, okay, well, we're making a ton of money. We're going to spend a long time building Red Dead Redemption Two to make it the best game possible, and we're going to give you this amazing game. So you were burping like crazy. It's like dying in here. 
with, then we're going to make this amazing single player game. And, and you can tell how much craftsmanship and how much work went into that. Um, even though that the majority of the money after the fact was made on this whole online thing, they still made sure to craft a good quality single player game. It's a way to allow the, the, the designers of the game to build the game that they want while appeasing those that need the business to make money. I just think that's the best, you know, I think that's the best way because you, so far you, it seems to be one of the better solutions. I think so because like Fallout 76, for instance, right? You're, you're getting a kind of half cocked. Imagine if they had done Fallout 76 in a way that like you're saying, like they did with GTA and Red Dead. Let's say you got Fallout 4. five. Well, just, well, yeah, just, okay. let's just say you got Fallout because they're the same game. Yeah, they are. Let's just say you got Fallout 4. And it's like, hey, you get this whole open world, you get this whole experience you get to do by yourself. And there's NPCs and, then if you, and the whole story. The whole story's there. And then if you want, you can create another character in this world that's that's set in the, the past. The same exact world. Or the, or yeah, you can do the same exact world. For like, let's say yeah. let's say it's the same exact world, but it's set, you know, 50, 60 years in the past or future, mm-hmm. however you want to do it. And then it's like there's also other people. There yeah. are other people in this world. And, and then put microtransactions and stuff in that part in of it. In that part of it, not the other. You know, like if you would have had, if Fallout 76 would have been the online component to Fallout 4. I, I think a lot, I think of a lot course more it people would have enjoyed whole, that. Otherwise, it wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't be a whole new map because that would be too much development time and stuff. But say so you took Fallout 4, you had the single player aspect, and then they also had the online aspect, which is Fallout 76, whatever, it doesn't matter. And they had microtransactions in that part. I think that's the way they should have went with it. Instead of putting all the time into Fallout 76, put a time in, oh, we're going to have an online component to Fallout 5. And then and then make that. I mean, I, no one would have been upset, you know? As no, long as nobody, the bugs and stuff was well, was fixed. But it, even if, if it was kind of buggy, you, you would If you would have gotten rid of go. all the technical issues in Fallout 76 and you were to, to just make it a little bit more like Fallout, I'd play it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because for one, you're already satisfied because you have a, a single player Fallout game that you can enjoy. But like same thing with Red Dead. I love the single player and I am I don't usually play multiplayer games like Red Dead Online, or GTA Online or any of those kind of stuff. But I was just really curious about it. And I was actually super entertained with it. But that whole gaming experience, you already have this great open world single player game you can do whatever you want in. And then you also have this extra component that uses the same world, which is fine. Well, it's, great. it's a way to, to reuse all the assets of one game and keep that game continually going on and making yes. the company money and keeping people invested in the game. Uh, I think more I think it actually was a great strategy. St- yeah, I think it's super smart. I never really thought about it in in, in that aspect, but no, that that is a really smart way to I do think, it. I think a lot of people because you would appease everybody at that point, you know, like the people that are going to buy your game for the single player experience. And I'm I am not a guy who goes to multiplayer. And when Red Dead Online actually goes like out of beta and it's actually full fledged, I'm probably going to put some time into it. Because it looks fun. It actually is fun. Yeah, it's really fun. And uh, if they get it balanced a little bit more. So you already sucked me in a guy who doesn't really care about that too much because I enjoyed the single I enjoy the single player game so much and I enjoy the world so much that I'm willing to go back. And then you don't piss off most of your fans either. Because even though people are kind of upset about the the whole it takes too long and it's kind of they're grindy, still gonna play it's it. not they're not that upset in comparison to all the other gaming. No, problems. it's definitely and way it's more it's way beta, more nitpicky so. than than, oh, yeah. than Fallout seventy six. Fallout seventy six is actually out. a problem. Yeah. Where this is like, eh, you have to grind a little bit too much but it's still fun and you still got you still have a 60 dollar like one of the greatest way video game experience. stories ever told you know so yeah it's it's hard to be upset when you go to you know like i said everyone always craps on false 76 but when you go to that and you have pretty much no story 
you know, I yeah, know the only reason kind it, of story. Yeah, the only reason it's getting so much hate is just because it's so recent. It's so easy to talk about it. And they, they, it is, they it is genuinely a, weird, a problem. Yeah. Weird, bad decisions with the game. So, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know why. And I know the hard part too is we're not in the industry. You know, like even journalists and stuff, they really don't know all that goes into like making video games, producing video games, like what the what the guidelines or the deadlines or or how much money is getting put in these. Like you watch all these interviews and a lot of times I watched an interview on, on Game Inform or something where it was a game journalist for Giant Bomb or, or a GameSpot or something like that who became a developer. And um, he knew some, but he was actually surprised at how much stuff he didn't know, even though he was a journalist in the video game industry going to making video games. Um, so uh, it's hard to know all the ins and outs. Well, it's also hard too because you have – anytime you have these – longer standing larger organizations uh activision ea to the two they're big companies they're they're really really big companies and what happens when you get that big is companies tend to look at short-term profits over long-term growth right so it's the uh it's the quarterly you know how did we do this quarter how do we do this quarter and it's they make a lot of short-sighted decisions to bump next quarter versus this one or they were a little lower so instead of focusing on the long term which is probably what got them to that size to begin with what gave them their their initial success they start focusing on the short term and in it does start to become somewhat of a, a, a bureaucratic mess i think and then you end up with a lot of people not a lot, but you end up with with these certain ideas of how to build a good game, or you end up with these certain ideas on this is what the player wants, right? You you get you lose touch because I think the the main problem is the bigger the corporation, the guys at the top aren't gamers anymore. They're no, they're just men. money people. Yeah, they're corporate. And there's nothing men. inherently they're, wrong with that, but no, but but I think the the more that happens, the more out of touch they are with gamers. You know. And if or they can, think they know yeah, what they exactly. want, and a lot of times they're wrong. Which it means, changes so which fast. Means they're out of touch. So if yeah, you're, if you're not in touch with your the demographic of people playing your stuff and the ones spending your the the money to do all these things, um, and you're just worried about you know the bottom line, which in, you end up losing money anyways. You know, like you, you even if it's not right now, you'll lose it in the long term. Yeah, exactly. Because you, if you would just listen to what the people actually want, and you'd be more in touch with you know actually what gamers want, then you'd you'd have. You end up with too many people who believe they know better than the gamers themselves. You, you, I mean, you actually genuinely saw that with EA and in the whole Battlefield Five debacles that happened there from the media side of it, where it's you end up with these people like, no, that's not what you want. What you actually want is this. And it's like, no, what we actually want is what we're saying we want. Whereas now it feels it feels like games have gone in, and you can even see this terminology used from we want to make a game that's fun and entertaining to now they say we want to make something that is engaging, which in and of itself isn't isn't a horrible change of words, but when you start to think about it, it they just want your for a long time. They just want your eyeballs on the game. They want it to be something that you can't put down, not necessarily and and sometimes they do that in ways that maybe aren't the most ethical. Of course not. Yeah. You know, that's, and, and that's the problem too, because I remember uh, you know, I remember going to the store, getting excited for a game on PlayStation 2, three, even 360 and stuff. And when you got the game, there wasn't these patches that they tried to throw in day one or anything. You didn't have to be connected to the internet. You just bought a game. You got the game you, you bought. You got excited. It was a one experience and 
<clears throat> and there's a lot of cool things to multiplayer games that you didn't have back then. Yeah, and patches are awesome. Yeah. If a game oh, has yeah. it has a critical bug, it's able to get fixed, and and that's a great thing. But you didn't see the ma- you didn't see the bugs uh, in games. They also were less complicated and much easier to deal with. Of course, but but because they, they knew have an that excuse they, now. <clears throat> yeah, because they knew they couldn't do that because they couldn't put they couldn't ship a game to uh to a Walmart or GameStop or whatever Best Buy they couldn't ship a game knowing it was broken back back when 100%. because there was no way now they can ship it out and they're like oh well we we have to ship games out you know x amount of time before the game comes out of course because they have to shell they have to get them on store shelves and all that stuff so then they have that time to still make the game and then or like I saw that on Tomb Raider someone someone put an email to a Game Informers podcast where Shadow of the Tomb Raider, if you are not connected to the internet and you play the game, right, you actually have a different ending than everybody else who who plays the game and puts it in and is connected what? to the internet. Yeah, there's like, and I, I didn't really? look into it too much, but that's what they said. So if you go, you actually get a different ending that they patched out. He just he was never connected to internet, and most no one even talks about it much because most people are connected. Yeah, pretty to much internet. everybody who's playing video games has yeah, at an least internet for the, connection. at least for a patch or something, yeah. you know. So the the fact of the matter is before then it was just I feel pure. I like I like the you got a game, you got the box for it, you got a, a manual, you put the game in, you enjoy the experience. I, I miss some of that sometimes. I, I definitely miss it as I, well. There's some I pros do, to being able to yeah, have all this yeah, cool. Uh, I do stuff. wonder how much how much of that is just nostalgia and in us kind of not necessarily changing with the times. See, everybody always, you know, back in my day, this is how we did it and it was it was better. But I don't know how much of it actually was better. There, mm-hmm. there, there is something. You don't think so? There are aspects of it that I think were better. But what I, what my what question would you say is, isn't. I yeah, but I what my question is 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 do we feel that way? Are are we being objective in us feeling that way? Because like I miss popping open a case and there being a manual that was like thick. You could mm-hmm. feel it. It had weight. It had substance to it. And there's that. And you you did. You just put it in and it worked and you played the game. But then you did run into those times where it's like, my game glitched and I can't progress anymore. But how often did they happen? It was rare. Yeah. It was rare. And it still happens on nowadays. And they yeah, patch you just stuff. you wait a week and it gets patched out. Sometimes. Sometimes. There's That's still there's enough. still problems in like Bethesda games that still arise even to this day in oh, Skyrim. Oh, did you see the some of the bugs that Fallout 76 has? Sorry, I don't want to keep harping on it, but some of the bugs that Fallout 76 has were bugs that Fallout, Fallout 4, 4 had. I know I saw it. Like the and, one where you go into the power armor? And you look like a, uh, like, and then you come yes. out of it, you're just a guy. Just, yes. Yeah. And and it's like, okay, you knew about these. And people had and already fixed them. Yes, modders, modders yeah. fixed the game. See, Bethesda has always relied on modders. And I don't know, I don't know if they don't have statistics to see how many people mod their games. I don't know if they can actually see that. That, that would be the only thing that would make sense to me is that they can't see that. And they don't have much quality control at Bethesda. It doesn't they seem can't. like either. They but can't. I think There's their quality no control was their modders and they put so much... Uh, should hire some of those guys to help you. The thing is, all the you code the that money. these guys were using, these modders that fixed their game, I think it's, it's all freely available. It directly in their- works in Fallout yes. 76 too, I know. So it's, it's like, terrible. okay, you you could have at least just copied the code from these mm-hmm. modders. Maybe even in con... you would Legally, you wouldn't even had to contact them. They're, they're offered for free, the source code for them for free. Mm-hmm. 
And you could have just been, you could have even said, hey, we really want to use this. We're going to credit you as somebody that helped fix this problem. And that guy would be super cool and happy because he'd be like, oh, cool. He, not, not only does he get to tell his he friends ever, that well, he helped and stuff. You on know? top of that, if he ever wants to actually be in the games industry a, as a designer or a coder or anything like that, he can go and he can say, hey, this is in my portfolio. This is a mod that I created for Fallout at the time. And it fixed these issues. They were building a new game. They used my code. I fixed some of their issues. And that, that gives you something to work with. So you, they could have gotten it all for free, fixed a ton of their issues. They say that that uh, changing the FOV breaks certain parts of the game. Then why in every Bethesda title before that have modders been able to make that work like and flawlessly? Yeah. So it, it obviously can't be that big of a deal. It just and but that's the thing I was talking. We were talking about when when it comes to how how I think it was much, it was a more pure experience. Video gaming was before it, we were always connected and stuff. And I understand why these things. I understand why manuals left most video games because because it was a cost in, and it's unnecessary. Yeah, because in, inflation keeps going up, but video game prices have not increased since what uh, definitely three sixty is when they were sixty bucks. I think there were fifty in PS two. Uh, so yeah, I don't remember, maybe, but, but it's been a least, really long time. At least 2006 time. or something, yep. they've been like $60 video games ever since. Yeah. So that's over 12 years, um, at least 12 years, and I don't remember the exact year, that inflation has not affected video game sales at all, Video like the price of video games. So I understand, it's like, well, we got to cut prices somewhere. So we got to cut costs out of, because video games become more and more expensive, of course. You know, like back in the day, PS1, I mean, they made Crash Bandicoot 1, 2, and 3 a year apart, or Spyro, you know, 1, 2, 3 yard, because they could do that on a very small team. You know, they get like a million dollar budget or whatever. games are way more complicated now. They just are, and, and gamers want more out of them. So I totally understand why all these changes have happened. I understand why we need patches in day one stuff, because they're they're having to put so much more effort. They're, they have less time to put them out, and they need they have deadlines. So that's how that happens. I get it. And I understand why we don't have booklets, even though how stupid that is in, in games now, because that's a cost that, that they can get rid of because video game costs have become more expensive. And I get why micro, microtransactions are so important because they're not, otherwise they would be charging 80 or $90 for a video game. And just a, a ton of people aren't going to pay that. It's so much easier to to pay 40 to $60 for a game now, and then over time, toss a 10 at it. Toss a five at it, and people are okay with that. Is like I said, as long as it's not abrasive. But I would still argue that I still miss the, and I know it's not possible nowadays. But I still miss the fact that you get to come home. I mean, and I know PC, you already download games no matter what, so it's not that big a deal. Yeah. But I mean, back in the day, even when PC games were just on a disc or whatever, yeah, or um, multiple. I mean, you didn't huh. like on consoles, you didn't have to put a disc in and then download that disc. You know, part of that disc to your to your console. Right. You put a game in. I mean, you went to a midnight release of a game. You're playing Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. You put it in your your you're playing in in five minutes online. Uh, I do think it has killed the uh, the midnight release type thing. Yeah, I mean, people just and don't that was do so that much fun often. back in the day. We Plus, used to line up at GameStop. Digital too. Yeah, we used to line up at GameStops and just that was fun. and just wait. You know, a lot of the Call of Duty releases, and then they do these cute little tournaments, and, and then people will be playing it at. 12, 12.05 yeah. or 12.10 or whenever they got home. I remember we used to, we used to just to get back right in the car and just drive as fast as we could home yep. so we could play our games. And you put it in and you were playing right yeah. away. You'd be already on the story. And then now, I mean, I, I've done it a couple of times where I went to get a midnight and then I'm like, oh, cool, cool. And then I like, you know, when the, the Xbox One came out, for instance, I waited in line for Xbox One the day it came out. 
because I decided the 360 was such a big deal. And I think that was definitely one that generation. So I just went with the Xbox One. So got it, got the games, put it in. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. And even the console was slow to boot up. And then you put the game in and you're waiting like, oh, I have to play this tomorrow. This sucks. You know, this is. Yeah, especially where you lived too at that time. Because there was, there was. But, but not even that. A lot of it is just downloading the the disc, which doesn't even matter on the internet. Just just downloading the, the yeah, game installing. onto. Installing, installing the game yeah. onto your console. That was already a very time consuming. I, I felt like they've gotten actually faster with that. But well, the the reason why they've gotten faster with that is because now, I, if if I remember correctly, your your PS4 has has a solid state drive in it, correct? Or is it still I have mechanical? No clue. I I don't know. You'd have to look it up. It's the slim edition, so I don't know. I yeah, know I'd have to look it up. Changes. I mean, any time that they go with a either a faster hard drive or uh, some form of caching. That that's better. It's going to be easier to take the data from the disk and write it console. to that because there there is a there is a write limitation on how fast it can write data, mm-hmm. uh, and you can run into into hardware bottlenecks like that. But still, that should still be pretty it's cool. quick. I, I still feel I still uh, um, I still feel uh, not blessed. Blessed by word, but anyways, blessed that we still live in a in a world where we can have all this stuff and video games. Oh have yeah. come so so far. Yeah, it's just I don't want the problem is, is is if people keep doing not people, if companies keep going down the road of these bad practices that hurt the industry, eventually we'll get to a state where it's not in the golden era like it is now. I feel this year and I know there were still games that did had bad decisions. It was much better. I felt that this was a much better year. I mean, like I said, the 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 death of of single player games that everyone was spouting wasn't a thing this year. I mean, the top selling games besides you know microtransaction, you know, uh, were big single player games that were a huge big deal this year. So we had a bunch of that kind of stuff, and I felt that most of the games um, they're really learning how to do microtransactions way better. Um, and I, I don't think it was as a big deal. Like I remember 2017, it was such a big deal. And 2016, I mean, that was all that was talked about. And it was this game did this and this game did this. And it was just one after another after another. And I, I felt that this year that they're really getting a hang of it. And they're like, oh, we're not going to get away with this anymore. It's, it's, Loot it's, boxes are even going away in most things now. Well, yeah, they're actually getting in trouble in a lot of European well, countries I, I can that, see they, why, that they can't do it. Uh, it definitely feels like the gaming as a whole, right? When we were little... Uh, there were gaming was not as popular as it is now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and it was still there decently was like a, there popular. Was kind of a stigma. And, and oh, we're yeah, not, we're not even, even old enough we, to be playing like Atari no, and the original not, NES no, or anything. Not even. But, but even when we were in in high school, people would be like, "Oh, you play Pokemon." And then all even of a sudden, secretly a, there was yeah, a lot of people. A Pokemon still game would come out, and all of a sudden, everybody at school has a DS in Pokemon. It's like, no, you all were playing already. That was the weird thing when I go to, when I went to high school because in elementary school and stuff. Everybody would make fun of you like, oh, you like Pokemon? Like it's some bad thing. And I remember being in high school and then everybody in my art class, when Diamond and Pearl came out, everybody was playing. I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm glad. Well, yeah, this. because games are just fun. And, and yeah, I just don't think not. that the industry. Uh, just being nerdy and geeky and liking this yeah, stuff. But the, the games industry as a whole was not ready for it to to in, it to increase in popularity in the way that it did. And, and like you're saying, geek and nerd culture as a whole became much cool. more popular. Yeah. So when they were they they had to try to find a way to continually make these games bigger, better, faster, uh, you know, look better, you they're know, just run smoother. Keep doing that forever, yeah, they they they're they're in this cycle where that can only can continue for so long at the pace that it is now and the pace that it has been. 
and they have to figure they, they're they're stuck in this. How do we continue to do this so that we can keep people playing games? And now there's this huge audience that plays them, and then they get they get these big checks of man, we sold this many copies, we made this much money, and then the next year maybe they they meet that. But they don't want to meet that. They want to exceed that. And it's like, how long can you exceed that? We don't know what what that upper limit is. And it kind of went through this golden age of there's just so many people playing games. And then they they it got to the point where now they don't know how to make enough money to continue to make games like that. And that's where the microtransactions are coming yeah. in. Well, yeah, I just don't think the industry was ready for it. So you saw this, this overabundance of loot boxes of, I mean, Battlefront 2. Obviously, you know, like the shining example of how to do things wrong. And I think now that we might be be getting onto that path where they're figuring it out. I think so. I mean, they're still making mistakes, but I think uh, a lot of them are getting much, much better. And uh, and people are less angry about it because if you really love something like you really get involved in a video game and you love it and you're appreciative of of the fact that they've made this thing. I don't, it, it's no problem to give these people some of your money because they're putting a lot of effort into making do something it. you enjoy. Yeah. It, consistently. Uh, Warframe, CSGO, I mean, Path of Exile, I've given them money because, not because I feel like I have to to enjoy the game, but you know, these people have built a game that I thoroughly enjoy. And that some I have of the stuff that you can buy is stuff I cool. want. It's yeah, cool. But it's, at the end of the day, there's, there's that element, at least for me personally, that it's like, I actually want to support this project. They're continually updating it. It's getting better all the time. And I actually want to support this. I, I feel you feel like you're a part of that game, that you're growing with it mm-hmm. in a sense. And it's it's this it's this example of of really good community building that you just don't see in in a lot of the loot box ridden, you know, poor games that we've had over the last couple of years have felt the opposite of we're only making this game so we can make money off of you. Instead of we're making this game because we love this game. And if you want to support us, here's a way to support us. I think the other cool thing that microtransactions have actually added to games too is multiplayer uh, shooter games um, where they would rely on extra money and income for the games. Like DLCs and stuff. stuff. Yeah, map packs. I hated map packs in Call of Duty. And map packs are fine to get more maps. But the problem is it it gates off a lot of your player base because... You some part of the reason why I don't like map packs exactly. So the thing that microtransactions and a lot of games have helped is a lot of these games now offer they're giving you these maps for free so that everybody is playing the same. Look at Overwatch as an example. Exactly, Um, because they don't have to sell them as DLC. They already have microtransactions that's where they're making their money that they can keep all the player base playing the same stuff. So you're constantly getting so that there's actually some some you know, additions that's actually cool that, that we don't have to deal with anymore. See, in, in, uh, I still think that in games like Overwatch as an example, I think that, I think they will go to a model partially because they're going to be forced to, uh, to where they, they remove loot boxes from the game and and just just let you buy the skins. Yeah. Just buy fine too. I think that's better in my opinion. Even if you make them a little bit more expensive, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. I think they should spend a a lot of money on loot boxes on maybe getting it. I think people would be more apt to be like, oh, just keep coming out with new ones and be like, oh, I can pay this much money for that. Sweet. That's the one I actually wanted to begin with instead of just gambling and hoping yeah, I get something that, I want. Yeah, I don't like the gambling as- aspect of it where it's like... I think they're dying click. down. Like not, yeah. o- not only if like uh, politically, like 
people like governments are actually doing it. Yeah, they've actually think, been banned from from using yeah, blue I'm boxes sure. in certain countries. But I just think as, as general, I, I didn't think it was super, it wasn't horrible to begin with. I think Overwatch had a pretty good model for, for when it came out and stuff. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I think just let people buy what they want to buy and they're going to buy it and keep constantly coming out with new cool stuff people want. I think more people will, will buy certain things in comparison to buying loot boxes. It's like I can buy 10 oh, yeah. loot boxes for $20 and I'm probably not going to get what I want anyways or I can buy that one skin for ten dollars yeah more people are going to do that and it's like i want that skin and that skin and that skin it's like you're gonna or even if 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 you're used to doing already and you have to spend 20 bucks and, and there's a possibility you might not get it and i know 20 you bucks just might not money. spend that money yeah you might not spend that money at all because you're like oh, i don't want to gamble that much money but like you said if if it's even 15 dollars and it's someone you really want at least you know you're going to get what you, you know bought, what, what you're, you're purchasing yeah then you can be like well i know i'm as I, I know i'm going to get it no matter what i'm willing to put the money into it instead of trying and well the gambling. whole the whole loot boxes is gambling thing when that first happened i actually was on the other side of it i didn't think it was gambling it's just like it didn't hit me as like i mean this is it's just something that you can play the game and you get to me i kind of can buy something well i think so now Oh, okay. I like I said when it first happened, I kind of was on the other side of that of that argument. I didn't think it was a big deal at all, but it doesn't bother me. Actually it doesn't that bother much me because but not, it is actually a problem. Yeah. It it is a genuine problem. Not it's like for, trading cards. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's a similar thing, mm-hmm. but in a game where you can just continually hit that button over and over and over and over again, I think, uh, I think it is actually bad particularly for kids because they, they yeah. genuinely have no self-control. Uh, and that's not to, to narc on kids. It's just factual. And I think Warframe, a, at one point, this is a great example of of a developer knowing they did something wrong. They created a, a system where you could uh, essentially randomize the, the I, th- I believe it was fur patterns of some of the, the animals in yeah, the game that you can yeah. use. And, they, and then you could sell them. If you got a good pattern, you could copy that and you could sell it to other people. Well, they turned that system on one day and they came into work the next day and saw that somebody had clicked that, you know, pulled that lever, essentially. It's even the terminology they used. A thousand times or something, was Yeah, it? it was hundreds of times. And this is like hundreds of dollars that this person has just spent trying to get the right fur pattern and they turned it off. Like immediately, wasn't it? Like immediately. Like, no, we they turned this. it off. Did they even give the guys money? Back I believe so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they refunded because they removed that whole system. And they're like, we could make a ton of money on this, clearly. But we don't feel right about it. But it's not right. It's gambling. And they didn't. They didn't want that in their game, and that that's obviously a game meant for older people. But still, and I think that's and not that. I mean, ethics are obviously very complicated, but I think that's a more ethical approach to to dealing with how as a company do we make money, and we continue to be able to employ all the people we employ, make sure that they're taken care of, that they have what they need, and keep that this experience, and keep going. this game going, yeah. and keep people engaged and and entertained. I think it's just so new that we're that people are. Companies are still learning what's the best way. And to I do think it. the player base is starting to understand that these are also businesses. Yeah, and the, and, 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 and I the think they're becoming are, more accepting that's totally of that. Because at first, when microtransactions were in video games, it was a big deal, you know, and and uh, people were very very against. And I think people are slowly warming up to the fact that hey, we kind of they need to do this actually. Otherwise, like I said, otherwise you have no games. Otherwise, they cannot make the qual- you cannot make a Red Dead Redemption two without having all the back end money of GTA Online and Red Dead Online and stuff without that because it costs so much money, like millions, 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 millions of dollars. So I totally understand why they have to do them. 
just do them correctly. And I think they are. A lot of these companies They're are definitely learning getting from their significantly mistakes. better at They're it. They're getting better. And then if that keeps us having, and the cool thing is I've never bought a microtransaction and I still get to enjoy all these experiences. And thankfully there's people it, out there it that actually do opens spend up money. gaming for other people who can't afford certain things. I mean, you know, once again, just because these two are the shining examples of kind of how to do things right, Warframe and Path, you can have, be a person with with basically no money that as just ha has a, a way to PC play it. Or a console. Yeah, that has a way to play it. And it's like, you know, there there have been times where it's like, I can't afford new games. I can't afford to do that. And I find these titles that are like, you know what? This is amazing. I get this fantastic experience and it's funded by other people right now. And then when I'm able to, I will put in money of my own into this experience so that other people can enjoy well, it as even, well. Even like it's a community-driven thing. Even Warframe, like I said, you got it for free. You fell in love with it. You've put money into stuff there. And yep. you're enough of a fan that you even went to Canada to go to TennoCon. Yeah. You know, so... I All mean, the way it, from Arizona it, to Canada, to yeah. London. So yeah. it, it works. It really does work. And I've never been to a convention before in my life, right? Never anything mm -hmm. like that. But this game... The way that it makes you feel a part of a community, that it's like you guys are helping us build this game, and the, in the way, and you want to talk about, I think we sh should. I don't want to get too far into this particular one because I think we could do a whole podcast on it. The way that the developers at at Digital Extremes communicate with their audience, I think, is is top notch, and I'd love I know, to we just could do talk about further that because I'd love that's yeah, the problem with a lot of these people. That's a, like yeah, that's a huge right problem. Now. That is yeah, that is their big problem. Uh, I don't know, we've been we've we're we've gone for an hour now. Did you want to do some closing thoughts? Um I just closing thoughts. Kind of the same thing. I like I said, I, I like games that, that are giving you a good single player experience, but then also find a way to tack on a quality uh multiplayer experience that does have microtransactions so you feel like you get the best of both worlds and, and like I said, it doesn't it doesn't uh it doesn't feel I can't think of the word. Forced. Yeah, it doesn't feel forced on you or anything, and you, and you feel like your money's worth. I think that's a good way, and I think a lot of other companies, like uh, the people that are making Warframe and Path and, and all these other games that are doing it well, even Overwatch is not that bad. Um, I think learn from that model and put the microtransactions in games as long as, long as they're done correctly, then I don't think people won't even have a problem with it most of the time. I I I 100% agree with you. I'm kind of mad that, that they didn't talk to us. And Bethesda didn't ask us how to make a Fallout multiplayer game. We had it fixed for him. Yeah, we already knew how make to do it. Make Fallout 5 and then just add an online experience you after you beat the single player game. <laughs> right? Because you'd already have to make the whole map and everything. You'd have all the assets and everything and you'd have to make well, two games. It, it would have been a huge... They'd still fundament fundamentally have a problem because they're still using an engine. Oh, that I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a problem. But I'm saying you would have made so much money yep. because you would have had the game. And you would have, you would have, you would have appeased all... All of your fans. Everybody. As long as they would have spent enough time on quality control to make sure it operated properly, everybody would have been happy. I would have bought it because I wanted the single player the part, and then done, I might have done the other They could part. have done a, 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 a staggered release, just like Red Dead Online and stuff. They could have made Fallout 5, put it out there, found all the bugs over a month even. Because people are going to play a Fallout game for a month or two before they like have really kind of soaked in the world. Let them play it for a month or two, find all the bugs, and then find all the mods that everybody's downloading to fix all the bugs, fix all your bugs, and then launch the online portion of it. And then you've same got a better game. With, same thing you did Red Dead. Yeah. Let, let everyone enjoy the single player experience for three your, weeks or a month testers. or whatever. And then at that point, you've gotten yourself more time. Everyone's enjoying the game already. And then you know, oh, cool. They're going to have this sweet multiplayer experience after I just got to enjoy this awesome single yep. player game. So 
Well, well can you put a number or something for them to call us? <laughs>